0: Amen. Um, I have no idea why I keep preaching out of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, but I I do. I'm not even reading there in my daily devotion, but that's what the Lord keeps bringing to me. If you will turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, and I know for a fact that this is a very, very frequent um, portion of Scripture for you tonight, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word, First Samuel chapter 16, we're going to read the first 13 verses tonight. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. And I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Excuse me. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peacefully? Or peaceably? And he said, "Peacefully, Peacefully, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass that when they were come, that he looked on Elab and said, Surely, turn to your neighbor and say, Surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on his height or stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Thank God for that. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shammah to pass before by and he said neither hath the lord chosen this and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel and Samuel said unto Jesse the lord hath not chosen these and he, he turns to Samuel and he, Samuel turns to Jesse and says are here all thy children and he said there remaineth yet the youngest and behold he keepeth the sheep and Samuel said unto Jesse send and fetch him for we will not sit down Till he come hither. And he sent and he brought him in. And now he was ruddy and with all of beauty and countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And so Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before You. We thank You for Your Word. And God, I ask that Your Word would go forth and penetrate hearts and lives tonight. And Lord, let Your Holy Spirit just begin to preach to and through me tonight. We love You. We praise You for Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank You for reverencing the Word of God tonight. Again, many of this this congregation, if not all this congregation has heard this story preached. And we know that through reading previous chapters that Saul has been rejected king. And I'm going to bring this all full circle in a moment. But I would like to first embark into story time. Now this is a story that's very embarrassing for myself. But I feel like the Lord wants me to share it with you tonight. Um, how many knows um, that I like to eat? If you've been around me a lot, you will know that I like to eat a lot. And I, I love food. And, and there's, there's nothing like when uh, Sierra calls me and says, you know, hey, I call her every day when I get off work and, and see if she needs anything from town or if I need to run an errand or anything like that. And, and, and I love it, Chris, when she says, your dinner is ready. Your dinner is ready. And I thank God for my wife. who will be four years tomorrow married. And I thank God for her. She has put up with me for four years. That is an achievement in itself. But, but anyway, it is, I love when she says, it's ready. It's ready for you to come home and eat it. It is prepared for me. And uh, I, I'll tell you this story, I was, I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and many of you share and know of my passion for biscuits and gravy, and so much so that I had a gravy fountain at my wedding. I told Sierra I wanted two things at my wedding, I said I don't want to wear black because I'm not dead, and I, I want a gravy fountain. And uh, she said, "Okay, we'll see what we can do." And I had a gravy fountain. I love love biscuits and gravy. But I was 12, 13 years old, and I, I will tell you. And I, I again, I love my wife so much. But there's nothing like Mammal Carol's biscuits and gravy. I don't know what it, it, I don't know what it is. It's just it's like the sweetness just flows out of that lady into that little pot as she's making that gravy, and it is just of God. It's borderline spiritual. When you eat her biscuits and gravy, and 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 I remember, one morning me and my brother had stayed all night there, and and I was kind of laying in my grandpa's chair, as a huge chair, and I was just laying there, and and all of a sudden my grandma set the plate down and she said, "It's ready." She set the plate down across the room at the table. She said, "It's ready." And in my excitement to partake of this food that I did not need to partake of, I stood up quickly and I began to walk towards the table Sarah and I got about five steps in and I began to stutter and stammer and the room was moving and then all of a sudden I, I fainted right in the middle of the floor and I'm stiff as a board my legs are sticking out all funny. my brother's just looking at me my grandma's just just freaking out because she thinks something's went wrong and all it was is I stood up way too fast And the room started spinning, and I started spinning, and I fell on the floor. But you see, Brother Chris, it excited me because it was ready. It was ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's ready. And I want you to know that I'm going to encourage you tonight that there is an anointing that God has for His church, and it's ready. And it's ready. It's ready. I'm telling you right now that there has been a season of bombardment. There, there. I believe we're still in the midst of it right now. That there is a bombardment coming from the enemy. You don't have to watch the news, but two, three minutes uh, to realize what's going on. And if you talk to these young adults, you talk to the adults in this room that that are going to work every day, they'll tell you there's all kinds of mess going on. There's all kinds of things that we have to deal with uh, in our professional and daily lives. But I will tell you this, I know this about God, that when giants arise, a greater anointing arises, and the people of God don't need to be afraid. They don't need to be apprehensive, as I preached last Saturday night, because you're the weapon through the through the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. You're the weapon that God is going to use in this day and hour. And I want you to know that He's going to use you in a great and mighty way, and the anointing of God is ready. But I want to just set this up for you for a moment. If the gravy story wasn't good enough, is we find that the, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 13 and verse 14 uh, that God uh, had had just chosen to do away with Saul, uh, and he said, I desire a man uh, after my own heart. I desire someone that loves me and wants to earnestly seek me. And I want you to know, young people and adults alike tonight, I want you to realize uh, that God is still desiring saints of God uh, that I believe are assembled in this house on a Wednesday night tonight, uh, that under the sound of my voice, God is desiring people uh, just like you that desire the heart of God that want the things of God God has been searching ever since Genesis 3 and 9 when he began to call to Adam and Eve after their sin he came down in the garden and he said where are you? I'm looking for you I desire fellowship with you I want you to make this clear tonight God does not need us to exist but I want you to know this is how much God loved us that he wanted us so much that He gave His only begotten Son for us. That's love. He desires us. He, He told Adam and Eve in the garden after they sinned He began to ask where are you? Where's the fellowship? Where's the worship? Where's the relationship that I had with you? The Bible goes on and we read on Sunday morning in Psalms 53 that it says that God is still looking for people that are seeking Him. Who is seeking Him? The Bible tells tells us uh, that in John chapter 4, uh, when Jesus is talking to the woman with uh, at the well, uh, He not only tells her uh, that there is coming a time and is even now that you shall worship God in spirit and truth, uh, He says that I'm seeking uh, for people that will worship me uh, in spirit and in truth. Uh, why is He seeking them? Why is He seeking someone uh, after His own heart? Uh, this is why tonight we find in our text uh, that Samuel is told by God, listen, you've got to get over Saul. You've got to get over how it used to be. You've got to get over what it used to look like. And I want to tell this to the church tonight. I thank God for the saints that have went before us. I thank God for the founding pastor of this house. I thank God for the mantle on their life. I thank God for their prayer life, for their supplication to the ministry. But I want you to realize something here tonight that God is not raising up another Willie Russell. God is not raising up another B.H. Clendenin or Dave Wilkerson. God is not raising up another Billy Glenn. What He's raising up is you. He's raising up a generation that will take up mantles. We we get so confused so often. We think that when Elisha took Elijah's mantle, that he was the same man as Elijah. I want you to know this tonight. It was the same God. It was the same power, but they were different people. Uh, Elisha didn't operate the way Elijah did. Uh, he did things a little bit different. Uh, and God tells Samuel in this first chapter, you've got to get over how it used to be. You've got to get over how it used to sound, uh, how it used to look. Uh, listen, I believe in the tenets of the faith. Uh, I believe in holiness and sanctification. I believe uh, that we should be a separated people. Uh, I'm not ch- I'm not changing doctrine. Uh, what I'm getting at you tonight uh, is the revival that we so desperately want uh, is not going to come in the manner of yesterday. Uh, I believe God uh, as his word declares is doing a new thing in this day and hour uh, and we're just going to have to get over ourselves. Uh, Pastor Jade's going to have to get over uh, his, personal, uh, his personal pet peeves uh, and realize uh, that if God is anointing and pouring out uh, that I just need to get on I'm bored with it, and I need to love, and I need to show grace and mercy. I need to be where God wants me to be. God told Samuel, he said, listen, you've got to move on. He tells Samuel, you've got to move on. So Samuel says, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to fill up your horn of oil. I want you to go to Bethlehem, and I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I want you to anoint me a new king out of his sons. He says, Listen, if, if Saul hears of this, this is treason. I'll be killed. He said, I want you to go up and, and act as if you're, you're sacrificing. And I want you to realize that he did sacrifice. He did not, God is not lying in this portion of Scripture. He did sacrifice. He did offer sacrifices. But God said, I want you to offer sacrifices, but I want you to invite Jesse's house to the sacrifice, uh, and I will speak to you, and I will tell you uh, who, uh, who is the man, who, who is the one uh, that I am calling. And, and, and this, this goes with the theme. Tonight, Pastor has spoken from this platform uh, about people uh, People that, that no one knows about, no one's ever heard of, are going to begin to come to the spiritual forefront as leaders. Why? Because God again is doing a new thing. And you see that that Samuel, even though God told him to move on, Samuel was used to Saul. Saul was tall, dark, handsome. He looked good. He was. The Bible even says, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that he was a head taller than everyone else uh, in his day and hour, and and he he was he just was set apart. Uh, he was different. He he. There was something about him. That's why God be in initially chose him and told Samuel to anoint him. And, and Samuel was used to to, to to how Saul looked. He's like, man, uh, the leader is going to be someone that has great oratorical skills. Uh, they're going to be someone that's uh, good looking. They're going to be someone that's tall. Uh, They're going to be someone that's set apart by their their physique and how they look and and that's that's, that's what I'm looking for. So we get to verse 6 and Elab uh, the oldest son uh, steps before him and he says oh God this is the man. Uh, He's about six foot four. Uh, He is shredded. Uh, He's got good oratory skills. Uh, He is the guy. I'm telling you right now God this is your man. Uh, This is the one you want to anoint. Uh, and, And God says no. That's not the one. Why? Because he's what Saul was. Uh, He's not going to be someone that's after my own heart. Uh, Just because people look the part uh, does not mean they are a part. Uh, Just because, uh, young people, I'll just throw this in. Uh, Just because someone says they're a Christian uh, does not mean they're a Christian. uh, And does not mean you need to mingle with them. Uh, I'm just going to throw that in for free. Uh, But he said, this guy looks the part. He's just like Saul. Uh, He's handsome. He's what we need. He's what we need and God says no well I'm done with Saul I'm done with how it used to look I'm done with how it used to be and you see that the sons just keep coming keep coming and he says God says no God said it's not him it's not him it's not him it's not him because this is what happens in the church so often we're looking for the most qualified instead of the most anointed we're looking for someone that is going to look the part and just just keep us uh, in the rut that we're in. We want our preachers uh, to look a certain way. In the, in the, I, I, you can just watch uh, TV ministry. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to bash pastors or anything like that. Uh, but I want you to realize uh, as you begin to mentor and, and begin to speak into these young people's lives. Uh, I have found that there are young men that think that ministry is about the glitz uh, and the glam. Uh, having followers on social media. Having a big elegant words to say they think that it's all about this and that and I want you to know that what God is doing in this hour is not something that is going to be entertainment because entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy Leonard Ravenhill said it's what the the church has gotten used to because we've lost our joy and these men begin to pass through and Sam is like this is not it this is not the one and he gets to verse 11 he looks at Jesse he says Jesse do you have any more kids and in my mind just thinking in the natural I got two little girls and Ava's all wound up and wound for sound and and last night man I couldn't get to the church and study she said daddy don't leave me I want to play I want to play and so we stayed home and we played and all these things she's just wound up and I'm imagining Samuel looking at all these kids And I know it may sound funny, but he's like, man, do you have any more? You got eight? You you just showed me seven sons? Do you have more kids? Because God said uh, that the man is in your house. He said, I got one more son. He's out in the pasture. Uh, He's faithfully watching the sheep. Uh, He's taking care of them out there. Uh, And I want you to know uh, that they began. uh, He said, go and fetch him. We're not going to sit down uh, until he comes. I preached a message on that, uh, about not sitting sitting down on the anointing but but I'm not going to preach that tonight but I want you to understand in verse 11 that he was saying we're going to wait and be prepared for him to come and I, and I want you to notice they went and they went to fetch him and brother Chris I can just imagine in my mind them going out maybe it was one of his other brothers and he went out to the field and I can imagine sheep everywhere and David David being busy David was watching the flock we know in the next chapter that he's fought lions he's fought bears he's a busy man he's got a lot going on and I can just imagine his brother frantically crying David David come come quickly there's a man of God here to see David come there's a man of God that's here he's got a horn of oil and he wants to see you let me relate this to you tonight This is where I want to encourage you. There has been many of you that have been faithful to where God has called you. Many of you have been in the pasture. You've been tending the flock. You've been tending the sheep. You've been helping others. You've been strong when others have been weak. But I want you to know that in this time that we're in, I believe that God is calling out. And He's saying, come. I have an anointing for you. Come. It's ready for you. For you. Come. I have something I want to pour out and deposit in your life. And I believe that there's people under the sound of my voice that God would call. He called you by name. He said, Oh, Katie, come. I have an anointing for your life. Oh, Sarah, come. I have an anointing for your life. Oh, Brother King, come. There's something I want to place on you. And I want you to know that God is calling us tonight. He's calling people in this congregation. You say, well, there's not that many people here. I know that this is for someone tonight that God is saying, come. You have been faithful. You have prayed. You have sought God's face. You have stayed faithful. When everybody else has left you alone, you've stayed faithful. And now God is calling and say, come, because there is anointing that is ready to be poured out on your life. Come to the music tonight. He says, "Go and fetch him. They bring him back." Saint was describes. He's a good-looking guy, but he's a kid. Wasn't what? Samuel expected. Most of this is not new to you tonight. I I know. But I want you to realize God said that's the man. Brother Ethan, can you help me out real quick? Just stand right here. Face the crowd. And I ain't going to do this for real. She got a lot of hair, and this would do a lot of damage. But he said, Come. He's the man. Come to me. Began to pour out. Began to pour out. And you see, Brother Chris, it wasn't this. I mean, we're talking a, a horn of oil, it was full. And the Bible even tells us in Psalms 133 tells us a little about what it's like to be anointed with oil. And they would pour it on. And they would would make sure it was empty. And and they would just let it. the, The person being anointed didn't move. And they would just let it run down. Run down their face, run down the back of their head, run down their shoulders, run down their chest, run, run down their leg, all the way to the fringe of their garments. It didn't matter what they were wearing. They would just pour all of it out. Why does that matter? It's because David was out being faithful when nobody else was. He was out on the front lines when nobody else was. He was facing the lion and the bear when nobody else was. He 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 was tending the flock. Everybody else was at was at the feast and at the the sacrifice. Just having a good old time. David may have felt alone, but he poured it all so it covered him because God wants to know, I don't know who this is for, but God wants you to know He's got you covered. He's got you covered. If it's healing in your body, He's got you covered. Because there's an anointing. He's beginning to pour out. Thank you, thank you. But I would be amiss to note something. So often we hear words like this and we think that it's just going to to happen. You see, the man of God called for David. He said, you've got to come to me. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, let me read it to you real quickly. Draw nigh unto God. And He will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Pur- purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, for David to be anointed, he couldn't live. He couldn't be double-minded. He couldn't, be, couldn't live in the world and have the anointing. He had to come To the man of God. And what was the man of God doing? It tells us in the beginning of the chapter there's sacrifice. Because the place of anointing will cause sacrifice. It calls for that. If you want more of God, you're gonna have to lay more of your life down. But I love verse 13. And Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. From that day on. David may have even, you know, he may have been lonely in all this and out in the shepherd's field. But that might have been, Katie, his his comfortable place. It was he was used to that. He had to lose all that he was used to come to the place of sacrifice he had to move towards the man of God it sounds like whoa Jay that's a lot he had to do everything the man of God didn't really have to do much but I wonder if you would ask David after that day was it worth all the work to get Where Samuel was, he would say yes because the Spirit of the Lord began to move in a way I never felt. If you'll stand across this house, I want you to hear me tonight. It's ready, it's ready. Some of you have been through very tough seasons in your life. I want you to know that it's ready. The refreshing you need, it's ready. You may say, why meet God? There's others that are better qualified. David had had brothers that were bigger and badder. Why me, God? Because God said, You have my heart. Why did David have his heart? Because David was a worshiper, he was a praiser, he was a man of relationship, not religion. He was a man that was literally set apart. He was a man that was different than all of his brothers. Why me, God? Why the anointing? Listen, I want you to know, why is God placing an anointing? Why do I believe what I'm preaching tonight? Because I believe God is placing an anointing and a mantle on this house because there's giants that need to fall. The very next chapter. David's fighting Goliath uh, not only for himself but for his nation why was David anointed uh, because he he would praise uh, even when it made him look foolish why was David the one that was anointed David went through five civil wars uh, and held a nation together uh, and held a nation uh, on their knees you say what do you mean he held a nation uh, that said we're going to put God first Uh, we're going to put the things of God first Uh, and David was the man that could do all these things why? because he had God's heart and he had God's anointing the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 4 and 29 but if from from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God thou shalt find him if thou wilt seek with all thy heart and with all thy soul The anointing may cost you some comfort. The anointing may may cost you some travel time on your knees, if you know what I mean. Drawing close to God in relationship and prayer. But I tell you this, it'll be worth it. When the giants come and you feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in your life. When the obstacles come and everybody else don't have joy, but you got joy. Why? Because the Spirit of God. Work in your life. David was able to forgive even when Saul wanted his life. So, church, it's ready. It's ready. Samuel said, We're going to wait for David. And he sat there and he waited with that anointing in his hands. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to pour it out. I'm ready to pour it out. So can we make up in our minds tonight to come to Him? He's calling. When they went and fetched David, He's calling. Come, come. The man of God. The man of God. God has it ready. Hi, everybody, It's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you, and God bless you.